Happy New Year, everyone. So uh, here's a secret. This episode was recorded in November of 2019. So what does this mean? It means some of our predictions are a bit off. We refer to doing something on our Christmas episode and that episode came and went and we didn't do the thing that we said we were going to do. So whoops. Yeah. It's fine, though. Uh, we announced the thing and we did another thing at the very, very, very end of our episode. So regular listeners, you'll know what we do sometimes at the very end of our episodes. If you're new, stay tuned till the very end and you'll know, too. OK, so some highlights that happened since this episode was first recorded. They announced the casting of Emperor Rudolph. Yay for that. Michael Gibson is the actor who will be playing Emperor Rudolph. Um, season two filming ended on the 18th of January. Currently, there's a rewatch party on the All Souls discussion group on season one. I think they're on episode three, maybe four by now. And something to look forward to as well. So to put a stamp on this episode, we will release this in the U.S. the evening of the 22nd and the morning of the 23rd of January 2020, just to center the timeline a little bit. And the thing to look forward to is that Deborah Harkness is planning a Facebook Live. First one in a long time, guys. On Monday, the 27th of January 2020. Okay, so the times on this looks to be 12 p.m. Los Angeles time. 3 p.m. New York time, and of course, 8 p.m. Cardiff time for those of you who are tracking Cardiff time. Okay. Of course, I'm going to put links to everything I just mentioned in the show notes. Yeah, that's enough of that. Let's get to this episode because it's taken us long enough to put it out. You might as well listen to it, right? Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. Demons Discuss, Take 62. The one with Who's Your Daddy? Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean, and I finally got through this. We made it! That was take three. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today, Angela? We are talking about Shadow of Night, Chapter 36, and the fallout from the Tilt Yard. Oh, my God. So much excitement. Well, at least those two lunatics have been put away. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. So this podcast is sponsored by our Patreon patrons. You know why? They don't like ads, but they love us. They help us pay for things that normal podcasters depend on ad revenue to do, but we're not normal. Mm -mm. If you like what we do, maybe consider helping fund what we do. For the low cost of $2 a month, you can be one of the shoulders that help prop us up. So, Gene, give us some reasons why people should become patrons. For 2 bucks a month, you get two more weeks of us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're three two buck chucks yeah, exactly it's a bargain we're such a deal <laughs> such a deal cheap dates cheap dates guys Very. Um, as the levels increase there are differing levels of swag stickers and magnets and pins and bags and all sorts of stuff all the things all the things so many things and always adding new and different things yeah we, we can't stop Valerie she just keeps adding things so <laughs> 
Not to our dismay, we love it. But she's like, look what I just did. Look what I just did. It's for our patrons. Oh. So she loves you. I do. Yes, I, and I do God help you, you, there's going to be all these pre-holiday sales. So she's going to be busy. Busy, busy. Mm. I think more for our shop than anything. But anyway. <laughs> if you're interested in joining, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And let's go to discusser emails. Who's going to start? Mm, discusser emails. I have one. Go ahead, Angela. I have one from new discusser, first time writer, Samantha. Welcome, Samantha. She gave us a very robust email. I'm just going to truncate a little bit. Of it. I hope she doesn't mind, but I'm just going to jump right into it. She says, hello, my favorite demons. Okay, here we go. Bedlam. What an incredible scene. Yet another that dead paints for us with such beautiful detail. We have Matthew in such a raw, animalistic, emotional state. Louisa chained up and tortured with a stag's head dripping blood just out of her reach. Kit reduced to a lump on the ground at Matthew's mercy. Gallowglass just standing guard and in walks Diana, ever confident. I think there's a little bit of what the hell is this shit reaction from her. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly she's, well, she's Diana about it. Mm. You're more than this disease, Matthew, she says. And she's right. And I love that she uses guilt against him. Yeah, she, it's manipulative, but I think it's psychological necessity if she wants to bring him back around. And Father Hubbard, one of my favorite characters, he will protect his flock. If one of them goes astray, he will show up to help him. I have tremendous respect for Hubbard, and I love that he's one of the characters that seems to walk the line between good guy and bad guy. Those characters are the best. Team Baldwin forever. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> and as for the surprise at the end of the chapter, it was something that I could feel was coming at some point. I just had no clue when Deb was going to drop it out on us. And I was so ready for it. Chamomile, oak leaves, and coffee. Something to soothe, something to stimulate, and a bit of earth in between to ground you. This combination oh. is yummy, and I can't... And can, can I get a candle? Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hope this is okay for my first email. I look forward to many more. I'm a proud to be here and proud patron supporter. Warmest regards, Samantha R. Oh, Samantha. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you for writing. And yes, it was a perfect first email. But wait, mm-hmm. there's more. There's more. <laughs> because she has a PS. She said yeah. it was her birthday on the 14th and today is the 16th. So let's give a shout out for a happy belated birthday to Samantha. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy, happy birthday. I don't think we can sing the happy birthday song because it's under <laughs> copyright. But yeah. happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, that was too close. <laughs> She describes getting older as leveling up, and I quite enjoy that. I'm going to use that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jean, who do you have? I have a lovely new email from Indigo. Hi, Indigo. Yay. I'm so glad Hello. to hear from her. Yes. Hey. hey, demons. There are probably many things with this chapter which I could go on about, but I think mainly it left me feeling like we need more of a historical overview on Matthew and really unpacking of him, because I don't think we'll achieve that just hearing Diana's point of view. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Matthew has said previously that he loves his sister and Kit, and I think that was because of that. There was far more to the scene than we see. Probably a lot of very deep feelings that we didn't get to see. Rather than Diana coming in and appearing as a hero, it would have been nice to see the raw emotions that could have been and gone in that chapter. Kit obviously loves Matthew, and Louisa does as well. To me, it was more than just revenge or severe telling off in that cell where people were at one point or another, or still are for that matter, who clearly love each other. I have a slight problem with the fact that it seems like any love for either of them seems to evaporate because from my experience, regardless of what had happened, I am very aware that these circumstances are far more extreme. 
there is always residual ties and energy in that love that those people hold, which it, it in part of why I think the torture took so long because Matthew didn't care. I think he would have killed them outright, mm. which is why I think we need more of Matthew's POV chapter history backlog to see how he originally was with Kit and Louisa pre-Diana, because I don't think this was just about him being worried and scared about who he was. Considering how deeply he loves, I think he was generally taken aback and hurt by who actually committed the act rather than the fact he thinks he's a monster, because personally, I don't think he is. Thank you so much, Demons, for your amazing podcast to brighten my days, Indigo. Thank you. Thank you, you, Indigo. Oh, and then she apologized about her fonts being wonky. Oh, well, it's okay. Yes. (laughs) It's okay. Um, From what I remember, they were nice and big. So all the better for me to read, right? All the better for my (laughs) tiny, ill-functioning eyes. (laughs) (laughs) My old eyes. Okay. So I have another one. And this is from another new discusser, Suzanne. Welcome, Suzanne. She says, good morning, Lady Demons. She breaks it down in categories. She says, Father Hubbard. Once again, he tried to play tricky by grabbing Diana's wrists and she called him out on it. She said he could have asked to come along. Does anyone think the actor chosen to play Father Hubbard and son is going to need a lot of makeup and great method acting to seem as sleazy as Father Hubbard in the book? Hmm. Or maybe we just need to see him not from Diana's eyes. The actor seems way too handsome for Father Hubbard. Well, okay. I have thoughts on that, but Me I'm going to hold on. Yeah. And next, Bedlam. Very realistic. The sad thing is things for the mentally ill didn't really improve substantially for nearly 400 years. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Kit and Louisa plus Matthew as their jailer. Sometimes Diana is more than a bit annoying when she is a little too good to be true. Now I understand she did not want hot mess Matthew to carry around terrible regret for what he was doing to Louisa and Kit for the rest of his life. And that's fair. But if I were Diana, I would have made it more clear to Kit and Louisa that the one and only reason I was stopping what Matthew was doing was out of my feelings for him. But they had endangered her unborn children after she had already lost one pregnancy. If it had been me, really evil person that I am, mm-hmm. I would have been trying to figure out weavings that could have made their suffering worse. <laughs> and I wouldn't have batted an eyelash of regret. Well, thankfully, it was Diana, right? <laughs> True. Hey, A for honesty. You know, that's what I'm saying. But that's me. Her reaction to Satchi making even a verbal threat against her kids in the Book of Life, for a witch against another witch, spoiler alert, everybody, was arguably a much harsher response than her response to Kent and Louise's physical attack, which could certainly have caused another miscarriage. And she did have considerable power at that point. I'm really surprised she didn't at least think about using it to give them a good witchy zap that they wouldn't seem to forget. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know, justice, man. <laughs> at the, uh, on the surprise at the end of the chapter. So looking forward for this part of Shadow of Night in the TV show. I hope they do it justice. And that was from Suzanne. Thank Thanks, you, Suzanne. Suzanne. Um, Thank you. The thing about Father Hubbard, I... You know, I really had a picture of him just being pale and thin and a little bent because yeah. that was the only description we had of, yeah. of him. And I don't know what I, I ever thought of him as sleazy. I mean, I didn't like him, but I felt it was more of a zealot, zealot zealotry mm-hmm. than, yeah. than a 
dishonesty or a sleaziness. Right. I mean, if you heard me say this once, you heard me say it a hundred times. I always thought of him like um, Paul Bettany's character in uh, Da Vinci Code. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. The, where he was just it's down very, to the look, even down to the mm. look. Exactly. I pictured that look. I pictured his, you know, intensity, um, the self infliction of the right. yeah. pain and the f- suffering. And yeah, yeah, he was a flagellant, wasn't he? Yes, I think I said that right. Maybe not. I'm not. But sure. he's not a bad looking guy, and he's not exactly sleazy. But he just no. is great acting. Yeah, yeah. I um, think the casting well, of Benjamin threw me off more than Father <gasps> yeah. Hubbard. Yeah. You know, Ooh. definitely. Benjamin's kind of yummy. <laughs> Which is tragic. <laughs> I had enough problem with, with Trevor Reeve and that voice and belonging to Gerbert. Gerbert. And, and plus we of... were a little bit fond of Gerbert anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that <Yes>. didn't help. <laughs> no. Okay. That was our three emails, but allow me to tack on another message from our discusser in chief, Stephen. We will refrain from singing the intro to Stephen. Yes. Yeah, no, we haven't, yes. we haven't rehearsed. <laughs> Hello, Stephen. It's uh, Stephen trying a second time, so apologies if you get this twice. Um, on this read-through, I was struck by the scenes in Bedlam, which reminded me of Glenda Jackson's performance in the Ken Russell film, The Music Lovers, which is based on, loosely based on the life of Tchaikovsky. Uh, the other thing that... Uh, I picked up was that uh, Hancock was sent up to Scotland um, as part of preparations for the you know, the return. I would always assumed that uh, as soon as Matthew was out of the way, Hancock would have killed Kit. But uh, maybe I have to rethink that one. Anyway, thank you. Bye. Bye, Stephen. It was good Bye, hearing Steven. from you. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I feel like we just got a message in a bottle. Just floated a show. I know. Stephen, <laughs> where are you? Remember when we started this podcast and we wouldn't hear from him for like a week or two? We'd be like, Stephen, yeah. where are you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, thank you all, discussers, for writing in. And uh, with that, we're going to start the engine. Let's do it. Yay. Oh. And of course, there are things I didn't remember. Oh. There were a lot of things I I didn't remember. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Brianna Houston. Thank you, Brianna. Thank Thank you, Brianna. All right. When we left off in chapter 35, Louisa and Kit had been taken away and we were contemplating the meaning of the prophecy. And we open up chapter 36 with Diana shopping for ingredients for stew. Hmm. Mm. And then... (laughs) The little crockpot meal solves everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's... Instapot. Yes. Yeah. What would it, uh, Elizabethan Instapot look like? I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. So I want to know. <laughs> it oh would look God. like uh, a large cauldron with a person standing over it all day. <laughs> Good point. I, I feel like there'd be bone splinters in there. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway. Um, <laughs> She notices that she feels the stare of a vampire on her. And that brings up Father Hubbard. Speaking of Father Hubbard, the vampire's eyes flickered over my rib cage. I'm surprised your husband allows you to walk about the city unaccompanied, given what happened at Greenwich and that you're carrying his child. Oh, he knows. Oh. Yeah. Damn. So who do you think told him this? He's got ears everywhere and they're all willing to report and Kit's locked away. So it wasn't him. 
Or maybe it was him. Maybe it was him. I don't him. know. Yeah. But, hmm. but do we know that Kit knows? Yeah. Well, we don't know yeah. that Kit knows. But he didn't know. No, he, he just found out on the, at the tilt yard. Yeah. So maybe not him. Maybe Susanna. Maybe Annie. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. So Cora is inside of her or... We just know her as the fire drake at this point is inside of her and he makes her uneasy. So she was flickering about and uh, Diana tries to lie a little bit and says, everyone knows that wares can't father children in warm blooded women, she said dismissively. And Father Hubbard says, it seems that the impossible holds little sway with a witch such as you. And hmm. he also yeah, says, it's loaded. It's yeah, loaded yeah, he knows something. So maybe one of the five witches, I don't think they'd betray her like that. Or maybe no. they didn't see talking to Father Hubbard as betrayal. I don't know. He also says most creatures believe that Matthew's contempt for witches is unchangeable. For example, few would entertain the notion that it was he who made it possible for Barbara Napier to escape the pyre in Scotland. So apparently he's been saving witches. Diana's like, and Matthew was nowhere near Scotland at the time. And uh, Father Hubbard's like, you know, he's got people though, right? He didn't need to be. Hancock was an Eden Barrel, posing as one of Napier's quote unquote friends. It was he who brought the matter of her pregnancy to the court's attention. What did you guys think of this little exchange as far as him showing up with what he knows? And uh, is he trying to, I felt like he was trying to throw her off her game and try to catch her on a, in a lie or something. I don't know what he was doing right here. He had some information. He, I think he was hoping that she might show some more cards from yeah. his hand. Yeah, maybe. He was, it's, he was fishing to me. And yeah. he played a lot of cards. Like you said, he was putting them all out yeah. there and seeing what he could piece Draw together from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She says the jury acquitted her. And then Hubbard said, of a single charge, she was found guilty of many more. And given your recent return, perhaps you have not heard. King James found a way to reverse the jury's decision in Napier's case. She says, reverse it? How? And then he says, the King of Scots is not greatly enamored of the congregation these days. No small thanks to your husband. Matthew's slippery sense of the covenant and his interference in Scottish politics have inspired his majesty to find his own legal loopholes. James is putting the juror, putting the jurors who acquitted the witch on trial. Whoops. Yeah. They are charged with miscarrying the king's justice. Intimidating the jurors will better ensure the outcome for future trials. (laughs) Diana's like, well, that wasn't Matthew's plan. (laughs) Duh. Hubbard's not so sure. He's like, it sounds sufficiently devious for Matthew de Claremont. Napier and her babe may live, but dozens of more innocent creatures will die because of it. Isn't that what the Claremonts want? Diana's like, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) And here comes Annie. She's like, I have the, oh shit, you. (laughs) Damn. I'm going to get in trouble again, aren't I? (laughs) Oh fuck. She stepped out on the street and nearly dropped her pot. I reached out and hooked her into my arm. Thank you, Annie. And then Hubbard says, do you know where your husband is this fine May morning, Mistress Royden? And then she's like, ah, he's out on business. No big deal. (laughs) Because he had kissed her, made sure she ate, uh, left the house with Pierre. And then Jack was a little upset because he couldn't go. So she should have really known there was some hanky business going on. Yeah. But Howard felt safe to approach her now. I mean, he's starting like Hammer style. He's starting at the end where he knew already knew Matthew was away and on his own business. Yeah. um, And he could approach her without any interference. Right. Mm -hmm. So he corrects her. He says, no, he's in Bedlam with his sister and Christopher Marlowe. 
Carlo. Mm. And then she goes on to explain that Bedlam was an oubliette, an all-but name, a place for forgetting, where the insane were locked up with those interred by their own families on some trumped-up charge simply to be rid of them. Like, oh, shit. With nothing but straw for bedding, no regular supply of food, not a shred of kindness from the jailers, and no treatment of any sort, most inmates never escaped. If they did, they rarely recovered from the experience. Hmm. Not content with altering the judgment in Scotland, Matthew now seeks to mete out his own justice here in London. He went to question them this morning. I understand he's still there. And she's like realizing it's past noon. Oh, shit. (laughs) He's been there for a while. I have seen Matthew de Claremont kill quickly when he's enraged. It's a terrible sight to behold. To see him do it slowly, painstakingly, would make the most resolute atheist believe in the devil. So, Kit. That's all Diana was thinking about. Kit. Oh, shit. I gotta save him. Louisa was a vampire, and she could take care of herself, but she was concerned about Kit. She was scared he was gonna rip him to pieces. So, she sends Annie to Goody Alsup. And tell her I've gone to Bedlam to look after Master Marlowe and Master Royden's sister. And then she kind of spun her around. And then she's like, no, I must stay with you. Master Royden made me promise. So apparently Matthew was covering all bases before Mm -hmm. he stepped out this morning. Someone must know where I've gone, Annie. Tell Goody Alsop what you heard here. I can find my way to Bedlam. In truth, I only had a vague notion of the notorious asylum's location, but I had other means of discovering Matthew's whereabouts. And she was talking about the little change. He's getting ready to whip that out. She's and using then, that thing as a leash. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'll find you, Matthew. And here comes Hover. He grabs her wrist and she jumped. And then he called someone from the shadows and it was uh, Amen Corner, that little guy that Matthew threatened earlier in this book. (laughs) (laughs) He says, my son will take you. She says, Matthew will know I've been with you now. And then she looked down at Hubbard's hand. It was still wrapped around her wrist, transferring his telltale scent to her warm skin. He'll take it out on the boy. And then Hubbard's grip tightened. And then she was like, oh, I get it. You want to come with me. Well, all you had to do was ask, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> all, this, all this slitting around and not, not getting to the point. Not, all this beating around the bush. Yeah. You know, you could have just said something. Hubbard knew every shortcut and back alley between St. James, Garlicife, and Bishopsgate. There's a Fort British foreshadowing right there. Right. We pass beyond the city limits and into one of London's squalid suburbs. Like Cripplegate, the area around Bedlam was poverty stricken and desperately crowded. But the true horrors were yet to come. So uh, the keeper met us at the gate and led us into what had once been known as the Hospital of St. Mary of Bethlehem. Well... (laughs) Something has changed. Right. Right. (laughs) No Christmas caroling there. I know. (laughs) Master Sleaford was well acquainted with Father Hubbard and could not bow and scrape enough as he led us into one of the stout doors across the pitted courtyard. Even with a thick wooden stone, the old medieval priory between us, the inmates' screams were piercing. Most of the windows were unglazed and open to elements. The stench of rot, filth, and age was overwhelming. Oh, so descriptive. She writes so descriptively. And I can just feel this place like, oh, you just don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Hubbard's trying to take her hand and she says, don't. She refused Hubbard's proffered hand as they entered the dank, close confines. There was something obscene about taking his help when she was free and the inmates were offered no assistance at all. 
Hmm, that is kind of sad. Yeah. She sees ghosts of the past inmates. So there's that. It makes me kind of think of the oubliette a little bit. That mm-hmm. same kind of dark, yes. mm-hmm. dank, damp place. Trapped. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she counted tw- 20 inmates. Uh, most of them were demons, of course. There were a couple of witches. There was a vampire and a couple humans. A few of them were naked. One was dressed full blown in a man's suit. And that was a human. <laughs> Go figure. So one room had a door. Something had told me that Louisa and Kit were behind it. The keeper unlocked the door and knocked sharply. When he didn't get an immediate response, he pounded. I heard you the first time, Master Sleaford. And Gallaglass looked decidedly worse for wear, with fresh scratches down his cheek and blood on his doublet. When he saw me standing behind Sleaford, he didn't double take. Auntie. And she's like, let me in. And he's like, that's not such a good... And then he looked at her expression. She must have been giving him a nasty eye. Yeah, he was getting the stink eye for sure. <laughs> for real. So he steps aside and he warns her, Luisa's lost a fair bit of blood. She's hungry. Stay away from her unless you're of a mind to be bitten or clawed. I've trimmed her nails. Oh, my God. Like an animal. Right. Shit. Yikes. But there's not much I can do about her teeth. Although nothing stood in my way, I remained rooted to the threshold. The beautiful, cruel Louisa was chained to an iron ring set into the stone floor. Her dress was in tatters and blood from deep gashes on her neck covered her. Someone had been asserting his dominance over Louisa. Someone stronger and angrier than she was. Oh, interesting. Sorry. The the arc says someone has been feeding from Louisa. Huh. Really? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I like that you give us the little arc updates. (laughs) (laughs) the little alternate yeah (laughs) alternate reading here i I was gonna say and earlier when we were talking about aemon they referred to him as his son instead of the boy see why it was fine the first way i know yeah for both of them i don't understand (laughs) i don't like the edits (laughs) yeah asserting the dominance just seems awkward yeah Yeah. it's an awkward construction so it says wait it says someone had been feeding from louisa someone stronger and anger angrier than she was right this one says someone had been asserting his dominance over Louisa, someone stronger and angrier than she was. Okay. Yep. So hmm. I searched the shadows until I found the dark figure crouched over the lump on the floor. Matthew's head swung up, his face ghostly and pale, his eyes black as night. Not a speck of blood was on him. Like Hubbard's offer to help, his cleanliness was somehow obscene. Well, it is kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that chilling, that's for sure. That means he's very well practiced at this, where yes. he doesn't even mess himself up. <laughs> Very, very Dexter-like. Yes, very. Saran wrap is out. So Matthew stands up and he's like, you should be home, Diana. And she says, I'm exactly where I need to be. Thank you. Blood rage and poppy don't mix, Matthew. How much of their blood have you taken? Like a lump on the floor. Kit. I'm here, Christopher Hubbard called. You will come to no more harm. And then Marla wept with relief, his body wrecked with sobs. You did call Louisa there, Kit. I mean, what did you expect was going right. to happen right yeah. here? So Matthew uh, brings the argument back. He's like, Bedlam is in London, Hubbard, and Kit is beyond your protection. And then Galgus is like, Christ, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of comedy. He's yeah. like, oh, shit. And then he closed the door in uh, Sleaford's face. He says, lock it. And then he barks through the wood, punctuating his command with a thud of his fist. And Louisa sprang to her feet when the mental mechanism ground shut. The chains rattling around her ankles and wrists, one of them snapped. Oops. <laughs> oh, boy. 
And I jumped as the broken links chimed against the floor. A sympathetic banging of chains sounded along the corridor. And then she says, not my blood, not my blood, not my blood. Hmm. Louisa chanted. She was as flat as possible against the far wall. When I met her eyes, she whimpered and turned away. She's like, be gone, phantom. (laughs) I've already died once and have nothing to fear from ghosts like you. And then Matthew's like, be quiet. Just shut up. Oh, my God. Matthew's voice was low, but it cracked through the room with enough force that we all jumped. And then she's like, thirsty, please, Matthew. She's like, really thirsty. And And she's really reduced to a childlike being. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, if she's not the uh, most assertive one in the room, I imagine a lot of people like that. A lot of bullies are like that. Right. So mm. Uh, there was a regular splat of wetness against the stone. With each splash, Louise's body jerked. Someone had suspended a stag's head by the antlers, its eyes empty and staring. Blood fell one drop at a time from its severed neck and onto the floor. This just, just sounds be- gruesome. I, say, I know. Yeah. Weird. And just beyond her reach, so torturous if you're a vampire mm-hmm. and you're hungry and you can't reach this blood. That's mean. Awful I mean. didn't remember this part at all. No. No. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I blocked it out. I don't know. <laughs> so she turns around. Uh, this is Diana. Stop torturing her. And Gallaglass's hand held her back. I can't let you interfere, Auntie, he said firmly. Matthew's right. You don't belong in the middle of this. And then Matthew shook his head in warning. He's like Gallaglass. Gallaglass is like, very well, then. Let me answer your earlier question, Auntie. Matthew has had just enough of Kit's blood to keep his blood rage burning. You may need this if you want to talk to him and Galagos tossed her a knife and she just let it drop to the floor and I'm just like you trust Matthew too much you really do yeah yeah <laughs> she let it clatter to the stones and she says you are more than this disease Matthew and then she stepped over the blade and made her way to his side I mean can you imagine though if, if let's say that was you and your significant other and someone gave you a knife like if you really want to talk to him you got to take this knife you could be like I guess you wouldn't take it I mean yeah it's self-defense maybe it's stupid not to have a self defense but it's like if i have to use this to talk to my own loved one <laughs> yeah maybe i i don't know yeah, yeah it's tough yeah well and like, if i had special powers like her maybe i would take my chances I too know. and a bunch I of know. vampires in the room to protect me i don't know but if i'm the simple human that i am yeah, yeah give me the knife gal <laughs> <laughs> well especially if it's somebody who's known him he may be your loved one, but you've known him for six months and you've this guy's known him for a couple hundred years. He's like, here, you might need this knife. I think I'd probably Just take in case. the advice yeah. and, and yeah. the knife. It's well, you know, we had like a skittish dog once and we mm-hmm. had him for like a year. I still didn't trust him all the way where I could feed him something. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Out of my mm-hmm. hand. He he could just turn and snap. We had him trained really well, but I wasn't that confident yet in him. It took me a couple years where I was confident where I can hold that my hand and feel like he wouldn't bite me. Do you know? Yeah. So uh-huh. maybe it's that kind of thing. It seems wrong on principle, but r- so right on sensibility. Oh, yeah. Gal Glass just being practical. Yeah. yeah. That's why you need him around. That's right. That's right. Not as a lover, though. <laughs> oh, no. no. Oh, God. <laughs> just the way that word sounded coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Oh, the no. Oh, oh, it's kind of like moist in this context. You yeah. are. You want to be my lover. <laughs> 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 oh, so again, she says, You are more than this disease, Matthew. She said, Let Father Hubbard see to Kit. And Matthew's like, Nope, nope. nope. He's, he is the nope monster today. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Nope, nope. 
So she tries reasoning with him and she like throws the guilt in like one of our discussers said, Mm -hmm. "Uh, what would Jack think if he saw you this way? And she said, I was willing to use guilt and rather than steal to bring Matthew to his senses. You are his hero. Heroes do not torment their friends or family. And Matthew's like, they tried to kill you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's reasoning. She's like, they were out of his minds with opiates and alcohol. Neither of them knew what they were doing, nor may I add, do you in your present state. And then Matthew says, don't fool yourself. Both of them knew exactly what they were doing. Kit was ridding himself of an obstacle to his happiness without care for anyone else. Louisa was succumbing to the same cruel urges she's indulged since the day she was made. I know what I'm doing too. And then she says, yes, you're punishing yourself. You're convinced that biology is destiny, at least so far as your own blood rage is concerned. As a result, you think you're like Louisa and Kit, just another madman. I ask you to stop denying your instincts, Matthew, not become a slave to them. This time, when I took a step towards Matthew's sister, she sprang up at me, spinning and snarling. <laughs> Maybe you should step back. <laughs> right. Yeah, she, yeah, she's the one I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she says, she looks at her and then she says, there's your greatest fear for the future, that you will be reduced to an animal, chained up and waiting for the next punishment, because that's what you deserve. And you're not this man, Matthew. You never were. Hmm. It, it, this, this whole passage is so disturbing because it's like, for once, he's like, actually making sense as far as being rational it's like dude why didn't you pick up on all this months ago yeah right it's like in one respect he is making perfect sense but of course the way he chooses to deal with this is a hot mess yeah he's incredibly lucid for simmering blood rage too mm-hmm. yeah that's it's such a, such a weird dichotomy going mm-hmm. on here it's like these he's saying all the things we wish he would have said or acknowledged chapters ago about kit and his behavior right yeah and this is the first we see of louisa but but it's echoing what he said before about she was like the most beautiful, cruel creature I've ever known. This is true. And of course, she popped out of nowhere. But still, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> hello, I'm here. Oh, God. I remember on one episode, you uh, described her as very Beatrix Lestrange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, hi, I'm evil. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Matthew says here, I told you before. For not to romanticize me, he said shortly. He dragged his eyes away from mine, but not before I had seen the desperation there. She says, so this is for my benefit, too. You're trying to prove that you're not worthy of loving. His hands were clenched at his sides. She reached for them and forced them open, pulling them flat against her belly. Hold our child. Look at me in the eye and tell us that there's no hope for a different ending to this story. As on the night, I waited for him to take my vein. Time stretched out to infinity while Matthew wrestled with himself. Now, as then, I can do nothing to speed up the process or help him choose life over death. He had to grab Hope's fragile thread without any help from me. And I do believe, like when I see her managing Matthew, I feel like she learned a lot from Philippe in the hay barn Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as Philippe managing him. He pretty much taught her how to deal with him. Yeah. Even though she didn't listen very much. But she's learning as she goes. You have to have patience. You have to let him make his own decisions. So finally, he's kind of getting more lucid. And I remember on the last episode, you guys haven't heard it yet, but I'm editing it right now. We talked about Louisa and her blood rage and how she's able to sound lucid, not crazy like Matthew. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. But and we talked about how that's kind of her default setting. She's 
used to being that. Yeah. Whereas this Matthew... That's how, how she operates, period. Yeah. yeah. And Matthew tries to tamp down his blood rage as much as possible to the point where it just, you know, blows, blows up, up and it goes. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, Louisa's functioning blood rage or... <laughs> right. Like a functioning drunk. You yeah. can't tell she's a drunk. She's a, she's, a, she's a functional alcoholic, whereas he's a... He's a binger. Boy, he's a frat boy binger. Yes. There you go. Oh, I like our comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So, Matthew says, I don't know. Once I knew that love between a vampire and witch was wrong. I was sure the four species were distinct. I accepted the death of witches if it meant that vampires and demons survived. Though his pupils still eclipsed his eyes, a bright sliver of green appeared. I told myself that the madness among demons and the weakness among vampires were relatively recent developments. But now I see Louisa and Kit. Diana says, you don't know. None of us do. It's a frightening prospect, but we have to hope in the future, Matthew. I don't want our children to be born under the same shadow, hating and fearing who they are. So she waited for him to fight her further, but he remained silent. And then she says again, let Gallo Glass take responsibility for your sister. Allow Father Hubbard to tend to Kit and try to forgive them. And Galglass is trying to help her out here. Wares do not forgive as easily as warm bloods do. You cannot ask that of him. She says, Matthew asked it of you. And then he said, I. And then I told him the best he could hope for was that I might in time forget. Don't demand more from Matthew than he can give, Auntie. He is his own worst rackmaster, and he needs no assistance from you. And then here comes Louisa. I would like to forget which. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some of that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Louisa said primly, as if she were making a simple choice of fabric or a new gown. She waved her hand in the air. All of this. Use your magic and make the horrible dreams go away. (laughs) Just mm, Just just, fix it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Just make it go. (laughs) So over the top. Just just be gone yes just i want it all just gone thank you and then diana's thinking to herself it was in my power to do it i could see the threads binding her to bedlam to matthew and to me but though i didn't want to torture louisa i was not so forgiving as to grant her peace and she says no louisa you will remember greenwich for the rest of your days and me even how you hurt matthew let that be your prison and not this place. And then she turned to Galaglass, make sure she isn't a danger to herself or anyone else before you set her free. And then Galaglass says, oh, she won't enjoy her freedom. She'll go from here to wherever Philippe sends her. After what she's done, my grandfather will never let her roam again. And didn't we theorize this is when she kind of got sent to the... uh... Yeah, she got sent off to the colonies because the timing also kind of works out right for her portrait. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about the, just after this is about the time that Peter left came to London and started painting all the society portraits. Mm, yeah. We all know what happened to Louisa there. Yeah. Mm. So she had her portrait painted before she left and mm. lost her head. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of curious that Matthew decided to keep that portrait. He probably felt bad. He just wanted to beat himself up over it. Maybe it was his last good memory of her. You know, he didn't want to remember. Don't forget, it was original Matthew that kept it. So he yeah, would original true. Matthew yeah, would have would have been back when that was painted. So it's kind of interesting to think that he ended up with that keepsake. Yeah. So he the original Matthew hadn't had this experience yet. So there's that timey wimey shit. Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't Stop have that. this experience. Yeah. No. He's he's just hanging out and wherever. Ah, well then he saw it and he's like, Ah, she's beautiful. She's a bitch, she's evil, but I yeah. she's my sister and I love her. My beautiful I love her, beautiful <laughs> bitchy sister. <laughs> so Lisa's like, Tell them Matthew 
you. You understand what it's like to have these things crawling in your skull. I cannot bear them. And then she pulled out her hair with a manacled hand. And then Galglass is ignoring her. And he's like, and Kit, you sure you want him in Hubbard's custody, Matthew? I know that Hancock would be delighted to dispatch him. He says, he's Hubbard's creature, not mine. His tone was absolute. I care not what happens to him. If you were Kit and you heard that, ouch. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Ouch. And Kit begins, what I did was out of love. And then Matthew says, you did it out of spite. And then he turned his back on his best friend. Oh, so harsh. Very hard. He he like almost swings almost the other way. Yeah. Kit, you didn't know. You thought. Mm-mm, now you know. <laughs> but therein lies the problem. Kit believes that he's doing it out of love, just like Peter Knox believes that he's doing it for the good of the witches. Yes, he believes it. So Diana calls Father Hubbard. Kit's actions at Greenwich will be forgotten, provided what happened here stays within these walls. And Father Hubbard says, you promise this on behalf of the, all the de Claremonts? Your husband must give me this assurance, not you. And then she says, my word's going to have to be enough. Very well, Madame de Claremont. And it was the first time Father Hubbard used the title. You are indeed Philippe's daughter. I accept your family's terms. So it's a little time walking housekeeping there. No one yeah. talks about it. No one. It doesn't go beyond these walls. Keeps, yeah. it, keeps it tidy. Yeah. Let's keep it neat. OK. <laughs> <laughs> OK, there they left Bedlam. Apparently there was this cloud following them around after that. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, time to I, go home. I could feel its darkness clinging to us. Matthew did, too. It followed us everywhere we went in London, accompanied us to dinner, visited with our friends. There was only one way to rid ourselves of it. We had to return to our present. So without discussions or uh, conscious plans, they both started putting their shit together. As they put it in this book, snipping the threads that bound us to the past. We now shared. Francoise had been planning to rejoin us here in London, but we sent word for her to remain at the old lodge. Matthew had long and complicated conversations with Galaglass about the lies his nephew would have to tell so as not to reveal to the 16th century Matthew that he had been temporarily replaced <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> mm-hmm. by his future self. The 16th century Matthew could not be allowed to see Kit or Louisa for neither could be trusted. So, I mean, um, wouldn't the 16th century Matthew be like, but why? <laughs> Because Philippe said so. He's, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, if, if Luis is in Barbados and Kid is doesn't live much longer than this, a couple more years, and he's in yeah. Scotland. Yeah. And Holland after that. So, yep. yeah. so they were going to come up with some nice story to explain any inconsistencies in behavior. Uh, Matthew sent Hancock to Scotland to prepare for a new life there. And Diana worked with Goody also perfecting the knots she would use to weave the spell that would carry them back. That's more uh, complex than Emily had originally said. I mean, Emily doesn't know everything about time walking, but she's like, you just got to be, you got to want to be there more than you want to be here. Yeah, you <laughs> just yeah. need a spell. It's cool. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, it's always easy to explain when you don't know the, the expert. It's easy to simplify it when you don't know enough about it to know which stuff you need to cut out of the narrative. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Especially like when you have layman explaining these complicated things. It's like, you know, the doohickey. Throw the yeah. doohickey back. <laughs> right. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So uh, Matthew met Diana in St. James Garlickhife after one of her lessons. And they and he suggested they throw scroll or I'm sorry, stroll through St. Paul's churchyard on their way home. It was two weeks from midsummer and the days were sunny and bright in spite of Bedlam's persistent Paul. Though Matthew still looked drawn after his experience with Louisa and Kit, 
It almost felt like old times when they stopped at the booksellers to see the latest titles and news. I was reading a fresh volley and the war of the words between two spatting Cambridge graduates when Matthew stiffened. Chamomile, oak leaves and coffee. His head swung around at the unfamiliar scent coffee? She was wondering how something that had not come to England yet could possibly scenting the air around St. Paul's. But Matthew was no longer beside her. Instead, he was pushing his way through the crowd, his sword in one hand. And Diana's thinking, I sighed. Matthew can stop himself from going after every thief in the market. At times, I wish his eyesight were not so keen and his moral compass less absolute. Wow. This time he was pursuing a man about five inches shorter than he was, with thick brown curls peppered with gray. The man was slender and slightly stooped at the shoulders as though he spent too much time hunched over books. Something about the combination tugged at my memory. The man sensed the danger approaching in turn. Alas, he carried a pitifully small dagger, no bigger than a penknife. That wasn't going to be much to use against Matthew. Hoping to avoid a bloodbath, I hurried after my husband. Matthew grabbed the the poor man's hand so tightly that his inadequate weapon fell to the floor. With one knee, the vampire pressed his prey against the book stall and the flat of his sword against the man's neck, and I did a double take. Daddy? I whispered. It couldn't be. I stared at him incredulously, my heart hammering with excitement and shock. Hello, Miss Bishop, my father replied, glancing up from Matthew's sharp-edged blade. Fancy meeting you here. (gasps) Oh, I love it. Pinning him against the wall, though. He wasn't stealing anything. He doesn't know who was coming from time. The wrist? That's true. Okay. I just want to, I'm like, Matthew, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He knew it was a time walker. Yeah. So it could have been anybody from the future looking for them. Right. So, okay. I got it. A Knox minion. Okay, here's my secret wish, having nothing to do with the story. I wish that we could play right here, the zombies, time of the season, where it says, what's your name? Who's your daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Is he rich like me? No more, we can get sued. <laughs> They'll be like, that's so pitiful. Listen to her. We have, we'll have mercy. <laughs> and I did properly we'll credit. Mo- we'll let her use the money on uh, voice <laughs> lessons. <laughs> yeah. The only time I could use it is when I have like a license for the karaoke music. Oh, yeah. That's true. I, I might be able to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it to your voice. <laughs> I would love that. Thank you. That'd be an oh, act of kindness. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Jean, do you have any last thoughts before we uh, gavel this thing? I think we've covered everything. I do have one last last thought. Go ahead. Last week, very timely, they filmed in a cavern beneath Pembroke Castle. And that is, Teresa Palmer said on Instagram, that is the scene where Matthew, I mean, where Louisa and Diana meet. And I suppose they have their scruff in the, not the tilt yard anymore. It seems like it's a little bit of creative liberty changing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. not. Or maybe it was standing in for Bedlam, too. I thought that, too. But when someone said that they are meeting there for the first time and Teresa says, bingo. So I don't know. I uh, thought Bedlam, too. That would make total sense to be Bedlam. But who yeah. knows? It could be all one thing. Who yeah. knows? I guess we'll see. Yeah. And I guess I'll put that on. Actually, since we're time walkers, we have an episode coming out this week. So that works out because they were in the tilt yard in that episode we did for this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And by the time you hear this, that's all past. So <laughs> welcome. It's all done. <laughs> That was a quick one. It was. Quick chapter. Yeah. Quick, good chapter. All right, guys. Going once, going twice. Sold. So All right. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. 
Housekeeping is brought to us by Cynthia Polk. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank, Thank you. you, Cynthia. Who's got something? I do. It's from Zoe. Hi, Zoe. Hello. Hi, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. Some of my thoughts on Chapter 35. Feel free to edit. Okay. Diana remembers Cora. Well done, Diana. Where's your head been at? Think it's stay alive, woman. <laughs> that she's always been with her. However, we are told that a familiar appears when a weaver casts her first spell. So does that mean that Diana's already cast her first spell before the age of four or five? In which case, she casts her first spell twice? Or is it a timey-wimey thing in 1591 was the first spell? Oh, Gene and I duke it out <laughs> last episode. Her dragon has shown up before her four spell. Y- y- yes. Well, that, yes that no. may be the part that may be the part that freaks him out. Well, don't forget, this is still the old time stream. Yes and no. That's what I think. <laughs> She's five here. He time walked back to 1590 when she was three. So he does have the knowledge and it's still in that timeline. I don't, I don't see it that way anymore because once the hay barn happens and Philippe um, says that she's a blood sworn to Claremont and they any offers her on her wedding or the eve of the wedding day to the goddess and the goddess accepts, then everything changes. So, so you're disagreeing with the fact that this is a multiverse now? No, but that's what I'm saying. The time it's uh, the parallel, the parallel universe is created. And now which one are we on? If he knows about, yeah, yeah, yeah. because a little in a couple of minutes, you're going to see that he acknowledges that and Cora acknowledges him that they've met each other already. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what I'm saying is this, the parallel universe he's in. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun to edit, guys. That <laughs> <laughs> was what it was. Sorry, Zoe, I'm interrupting. <laughs> Sorry, Gene, to you too. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's move on. Okay, I was going to say, let's move on to the damn prophecy. Oh, yeah, I the damn prophecy. I feel a bit stupid about this, but the more theories I read, the less I understand. It's like Churchill's riddle wrapped in a mystery inside of an enigma and my head hurts even more. Can you shed any light or do I have to stick to painkillers? <laughs> you know what? This is timely. I was going to save this for my last thought, but I'm going to bring it up here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe Philippe as a lion is a red herring. And I say this because when I was listening to Book of Life, I'm trying mm-hmm. to prepare myself for the next book. I heard Gal Gloss say, and this is when they're in the airplane and he had just confessed. Normally mm-hmm. I skipped over this chapter, but <laughs> I didn't skip over this chapter this time. I listened all the way through it. And Diana was weary and she just too much information. Matthew had just left. Gal Glass had just confessed and he's like letting her nap. And he said, she may be Matthew's lion, but even lions need to rest. And that also goes with Malion. Malion, yeah. So uh-huh. I think she's the lion in this equation. It wouldn't be the first time because look at the roar consurgence that you interpreted when mm-hmm. everyone thinks it's Matthew and it's really Diana. It's really Diana. The other thing is too, and in a way, is like when we've talked about the blood of the, we always focus on the fact that it's, she's Philippe's blood sworn daughter that, so it kind of was always Diana, but it was, I think we were focusing on the wrong thing because she she was my Leon before before mm-hmm. she was blood sworn. Yes. So. Um, and she's the one that carries the blood. No actual blood had passed between yeah. her and Philippe. I was like, duh, it's Diana. Yeah. <laughs> the blood does pass, though. The, well, the blood does pass, not internally, but on her forehead. 
Yeah, that's true. And also, it kind of throws things off a little to, a little bit because it makes it murky. Beware the witch that carries the blood of the lion and the wolf. So that would mm-hmm. literally interpret into one of her children. <laughs> or she also carries the blood of the lion because she's a Leo. Right. Yeah. A little wrench to throw in everybody's theories. Yeah, take it as you will. <laughs> <laughs> that thing with the Aurora Consurgence, though, I mean, we kept saying, you know, hey, yeah. this is Matthew. No, it's actually Diana. Yes. I'm dark and shadowed. It's actually yes. Diana. And, so. it, and then it calls to all the elements and yeah. talked about how the moon, the moon changes the water and changes the topography and everything else. Yeah. So. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, that was, that was what I was holding up. So, so I guess it's stick with the painkillers for now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry we muddied that up for you. Okay. Angela. <laughs> yeah. okay, wait, I'm not, but wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Zoe. Okay. Back to young Diana. Diana and her daddy. I love the way Stephen is honest with Diana when it could have been easier to lie. He says he won't always be there for her, but don't worry, you'll always have your dragon. It's very moving. Now I'm crying. She also remembers those who watched her as she played. Were all the strange creatures really monsters? We know one was Galaglass. Possibly Knox. Who else? Gerber? Now I'm scared. These chapters really played with your emotions. And I'm not even mentioned Louisa and Kit. Anyone else cheer when Diana escapes thanks to Cora? And again, when the cavalry arrives? Yay! Yay. You pair her going down. Uh. Really can't say wait for that scene in season two. Well, that's enough for me for now. Until next time, ladies, your demon in training, Zoe. P.S. Sorry about the fuck up with my last discusser email. Hope it gave you a laugh, Val. But there was one thing I couldn't let go of from chapter 33. The bit where Javier says, I suppose you'll be wanting to time walk to Rudolphine Prague now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but having listened to Take 59, I'm guessing Gerber is just taunting him, right? I think but so. do they know or suspect that Diana can? I don't think they can. I don't think they know what they think they know. Oh, of course. And it'll be interesting how they unwind all that on TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they know. Um, I would like to know if they maybe Gerber knew more than what he was putting on. But Gerber, as we see in Book of Life, is not the sharpest tool in the drawer. <laughs> tool, yes, <laughs> sharp, no. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna be funny. I don't think they know. That's not, that's me. I don't though. know that Trevor's gonna play him quite for laughs, though. No, I don't no. think so. It'd be a departure. No. no. Although I think he would do a good job if he did that. Oh my God. I think he'd be hilarious. <laughs> he would be hilarious. He'd be like darkly hilarious in the whole thing. Maybe for the outtakes. I could see him throwing a laptop across the room because... <laughs> Because his Tinder wasn't c- working. Because he has to call Jean-Luc again. <laughs> Damn it, I can't swipe right. <laughs> oh, my oh goodness. God. Angela, what do you have for us? I am here to tell you that we have a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> All right. The best podcast on the planet is the title and it is from All Souls Illustrated, Kareen from Israel. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you, Kareen. I know, our, our lovely, our lovely artist friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that goes without saying that we obviously haven't paid her to <laughs> write <Yes>. this review. <laughs> we're even going to ask her to. No, yeah. we're going to ask yeah. her to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says, these three lady demons are just what the world needs. They bring laughter, joy, intelligence, and kindness to their show. And you can learn so much from
much from them. Once the show starts and they start laughing, I forget about everything and start laughing myself. They are true healers. I can't imagine a world where I'm not drawing while listening to past or recent episodes. Thank you for spreading your thoughts, your ideology, your kindness, and your cracking sense of humor. Love you to bits, Corrine. Oh, we love you Oh my you gosh, too. thank you. I've you, never baby. heard us be called healers. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, oh, laughter is very therapeutic. It is. I agree. It is very. Every time I sit down with these two and we get together, even if we're not recording, sometimes we just need to plug in and just talk to each other. Oh, yeah. It really helps. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. Best podcast on earth. I think you're exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll take it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a housekeeping from our new discusser, Suzanne. But prior to that, she was corresponding with us until she got hip to what we do around here. Uh, She was corresponding with us on our contact button on this is one of the problems with running a podcast on a blog page. And I haven't split them yet. I I probably should eventually, but Demons Discuss lives on Demons Domain. So Demons, you go to Demons Domain and that's the main site. You hit the contact button, it takes you to this form. And normally we'll get spammers or people that say, hey, we want to do a blog post on this. How do we do it? And it's a totally unrelated subject. Like a lot of, we get a lot of weird things on that. So she was writing us through that form. I want to let our listeners know the best way to get a hold of us on this podcast is at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. That's the one I go to if I'm looking for podcast feedback, any questions or thoughts about Patreon, anything about the podcast, that's the email. So this is kind of a public service announcement and I never thought to bring it up until Suzanne. So thank you, Suzanne, for that. And she wants to know, what do you think happened to Jillian Hmm. on the TV show? She's dead. You think she's dead? I think she's dead. Finally, I don't, I think she lingered, but I think she's dead. Yeah. Okay. So when Satu said to Diana that she's dead. She wasn't lying. Yeah, but I think maybe Sylvia smothered her with a pillow or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sylvia. Sylvia's going to take care of her. Remember Peter said that? Sylvia will take yeah. care of her. So maybe Sylvia took care of her. Took care of her. You know? <laughs> took care of her. Yeah. So Just for, um, from a storyline standpoint, they don't need her in the future. No. 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 She's not necessary. Not at all. But I really wish we could have seen her die. I mean, is it yeah. it's like the soap opera? Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, the crawling up to the doorway was just kind of annoying and then letting her linger. Really? Right. Come on, people. I mean, it was only useful in that she wasn't just a corpse on the street for someone to find with vampire fangs in her or uh, Mark's internet. Yeah. It yeah. was t- it was tidying well, up that way, but otherwise it's like I would have had satisfaction of just seeing her, I don't know, croak. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like why wasn't why wasn't Juliet more of a crispy critter? Yeah. So you guys think she's dead? Yeah. I think she's dead. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> I just think she's dead. I I think maybe I don't think she's going to live, but I think they might flash back and watch her eyes close on the bed. It's like we tried to save her. Well, <laughs> here's another reason I think she's dead. Louise Brealey has not, her name has not shown up at all, and she hasn't shown up on set at all, and it seems like with all the modern day scenes that they've been filming, pretty much everybody who's still under contract and alive has shown up, and she and um, 
help me, help me. I can't think. I can see her face and I can't think of her name. Alarica haven't shown up. Yeah. Well, maybe they shot her actual death scene last year. Yeah, maybe. They'll show it for our closure. I don't but know. I'm that's just, wishful. I'm just saying that that's why I think she's not alive because the character hasn't shown back up. Mm. Angela, you think that too? You think she's dead? I think she's dead. And I do think that they could have filmed flashback scenes when they had her on set. Although the only thing that makes me doubt that is that they didn't know that they were going to be renewed, did they? When they were filming? Uh, no. Well, no. No, they not when they it. were filming. Yeah, they didn't announce it until the last episode was being aired. Unless so they no. were just really hopeful, like, in case we get renewed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they filmed it just in case and it wound yeah. up on cutting room floor. Yeah, I was going to say they filmed her dying and then a couple of different versions of the scene and it just yeah. ends up in their right. snippets like you have yeah. for later. <laughs> snippets yeah. in You're case right. I need it's them like, for later. Look, I pulled this up from episode <laughs> yeah. five. Look. <laughs> Don't ever pull up anything from episode five, please. <laughs> um, I I don't think she died right away. I think if she died, she just kind of her lights went out slowly. <laughs> just flickered I, out. I'm, I'm still liking the pillow of his face, personally. <laughs> well, I mean, the way Peter put that. He's like, I know oh, Sylvia will like, take care of her. It's like, oh God, it's going to be a mob hit. Yeah, I mean, Sylvia seems seems like a cleaner, shall we say. I mean, she's lockstep into that whole philosophy there. Oh, yeah. Peter's whole mindset, so. She's worse than the cheerleaders in the Book of Life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, that's it for that. So now it's time for Save It For The Show. This episode, Save It For The Show, is sponsored by Patricia Brophy. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. The topic for this Save It for the Show is filling in the gaps, catching up on things, little things here and there, because there's not been a lot going on in the fandom for us to bitch no. about. So let's just bring up the little things that we know about. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Crickets. I know. <laughs> This is kind of like the state we're in. Yeah, I was going to say the book's getting close to being done, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There was a tweet. Uh, that was that was like my birth, early birthday present. I'm saying she's starting her third notebook and she's almost done. Right. Ah. It, was, it was like perfect, too, because we were just talking about the purple notebook guesses, yeah. too. Uh-huh. So that was cool. Hopefully she'll tell us who it's about. That's right. I'm going to put a link to the purple notebook guesses once again in our show notes. So you can we've been getting a renewed surge of guesses. So. So oh, cool. I'll keep it in there. So and much fun. I'll keep throwing it in the folder. And when we know, we'll run through our answers. So there's that. Oh, I think we'll know soon. Maybe it'll be a Christmas present for us. You think? I hope for so. For like a July, August release, maybe? Yeah, maybe September. I'm thinking August, September, maybe. Too close to the con. <laughs> That's why I'm thinking it's all going to drop close. at once. Yeah. yeah like right yeah. when the show drops in the book. and Right. Kind of like all in a row like we had with Times Convert. Yeah, it's true. Or like last year, it's like, bam, we have a book release. Or like when the paperback for the mm-hmm. uh, Times Convert came out, and it's like, we're all at the signing. Bam, we all have to be in all sorts like one thing after another. We kind of had a busy year this year. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Yes, we did. Angela, you have anything new to bring up? Things around the fandom that you've noticed? No, just Malin is back on set. Was back on set last week to do her tattoo reprisal. Yes. She was very excited about it. Uh, I think she's finally embraced the character. And I shouldn't say finally. She's embraced the character and realizes that we've all embraced the character. Yes. Um, And I can't wait. I'm thrilled that she's going to be in season two. I know. I I think she's a great character. I think there's a lot to her. And well, she's my birthday twin, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> That's why I like the character more now. <laughs> Scorpio, Scorpio brunettes have to unite. Uh, you know, I was, and I know I've said this on the episode, I was so butthurt that she was a brunette. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, of course the bad guy's going to be brunette, you know? But it works. It totally works. And I get uh-huh. it. She's got, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, I wish we had like more of a rock and roll good witch, like kind of a, yeah. a witch with more swagger. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, we've got Santu, but unfortunately she's like a bad witch. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I've yet to see that. Diana has a lot of things, but she's not rock and roll and she doesn't. No, they're not edgy. No. The thing is, when I read Jillian in the book, she was edgy. Really? Yeah. She had Bob dark hair and she had blue blue eyes. Yeah. She was more edgy than. Yeah. She she struck me as very steampunk. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she morphed and maybe now my vision of her is more of what Varen looks like in my head until I actually see Varen. I Mm -hmm. don't know. We'll see. Good question. It's a good question. I don't think we're going to get Viren and Ernst, though. I want to brag a little, because guess who followed us? Guess uh, who? Who, 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 who? Tell us, tell us. Guess who? <gasps> Someone else say it. I can't say it. James Purfoy. Oh, you said it. Because I had to scream. I couldn't say it. <laughs> he did? He did? <laughs> he did. <laughs> Angela, and Mel- let us know. She forgot already. too. Yes, yes. So I thought fall- you were talking about Tristan. Oh, well, Tristan finally followed us, too. That's right. <laughs> Yay! Tristan. I keep Grimmel. hoping we're going to see the t-shirt. He should flash it for us. Just Come on, you know. Tristan. Post it on Twitter. Get Sarah mm-hmm. to take a picture. Okay, Sarah so, can take a selfie of both of you with your shirts. I would love that. That'd be That excellent. would be so cute. Okay, so Malin and Tristan followed us outright, but James did a roundabout indirect <laughs> route. So that's not <laughs> kinda... like he did. It's still it's, us, though. It's, qu- yeah, it's, quirky. <laughs> it's quirky, just like him. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> we still have our old Armitage for Claremont social media sites up and we kind of monitor it and the site's still up because I kind of store shit there. <laughs> <laughs> but all of our our Twitter's still active and yeah. sometimes get cross-posted and whatever, but right. I still can't figure out why he followed us there. <laughs> but he followed us! Maybe Twitter suggested it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Oh, I'm going to have to take a look at this. Yeah. And by the way, the description does say the crusade has ended and we're fully embracing Matthew Good as Matthew Claremont. So it's very clear that it's not like, you know, yes. any smoke and mirrors luring anyone in. No, yeah. maybe redirecting to Demon's Domain, but <laughs> I did redirect us to Demon, everybody to Demon's Domain uh, on that post on our website. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's no question. It's like, come on, follow us over here now. This is kind of dead. I don't know. I feel like people were expecting more of a brouhaha after that was done. It was like so bru- just- it was very brouhaha free. <laughs> like a like a petition? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we managed that well. I think we managed like letting that go to sleep for well, I think easily. Having- five years or however long we had come to terms with it. We were like, let's, it's going to end one way or the other. Let's just see which way it goes and move on. Either way it goes. Move on. That's it. That's it. Oh, totally. I remember the day of the casting. We're like, okay, goodbye, everybody. And if you want to follow us, follow us on Demon's Domain. We're over here. People are like, what are you going to do to control the masses? I'm like, uh, just told you what we're going to do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What are you going to do? There's going to be an uproar. 
There was no uproar. We we managed everybody's expectations no. for like a year. It's like, look, this is coming to a head, guys. So, you know, right. either way, this is what's going to happen. We're all grownups. I, I know. I mean, there's a couple of people still bitter about it, but and it's funny, too, because they were the older ladies. They were very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one lady, she's like, he'll never be my Matthew Claremont. I'm like, all right, lady. <laughs> That's fine. Duly noted. That's we'll fine. Put it down on the list. Mm. Do we have any other random fandom bits to uh, share? Random fandom. Random fandom bits. I'm trying to think if there's anything fun going on. Mm. Witchy women, they're having... Um, They'll be having it? another giveaway. They did their first little giveaway for part of the, the Shadow of Night, Shadow of Night real-time discussion. Yeah. They just closed out their first one. I think they'll be doing another one after think, the holidays, maybe. Yeah. I think they broke it down into three giveaways for them. Yeah. So if you're a member of the All Souls discussion group, keep looking out for giveaways from All Souls Witch. Witchy Women. And mm-hmm. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. And what else is going on? I don't know. It's been relatively quiet. Yeah. I mean, the Inktober with the artists just wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. I think everybody's just kind of watching and waiting to see what's going to happen if Deb's going to announce about her book soon. Mm-hmm. She kind of teased that. Hoping, uh, Angela, I think we may just drop the message in the box soon to get... Roll the snowball. Roll, oh, the, roll snowball. the snowball. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think it's time to roll the snowball with Operation which is Roll the key. snowball. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Roll the snowball. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, guys, before we move on? Um, oh, there's been a couple of different scout people besides Gareth that they've been using for locations and Daniel Locke is one of them and he's got some beautiful, he's got a nice eye. He's got some beautiful pictures of the castle they were at last week. Oh, Angela had mentioned earlier and some of the other locations around Wales that they've been using. I hope they're done in Venice. I think they, oh yeah, they are. I think, I'm pretty sure they are. Cool. So, now now is not the time to be in Venice. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. So I think we're done. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. It has been quiet. I mean, things are on the down low on the production side, it seems like, and Deb's finishing up the book, but then we're also getting into holiday mode. Yeah, I think she's, I don't know if she's back back but she as we're recording this she's back in she was back in LA early this week so mm-hmm. I don't know if she came back home for the holidays or she's got one more back and forth but read that into works. that what you will that does work she always makes a big announcement when she hops over the over the pond to go that way but she kind of sneaks back into the state <laughs> well <laughs> one the funny thing is is another reason I think we may be getting an announcement soon is because she acts the way that Chris talked about scientists behaving when they've got a big discovery. She gets quiet because mm. yeah. she's been on Twitter about the impeachment hearings the other day. And that was about it. Right? Yeah, that was about the there was a flurry of activity from her on political <laughs> matters yesterday, but she really has not been on social media much at all. OK, this is a, a spoiler alert for people who haven't read Times Convert, but that's how I felt reading the arc of Times Convert. I thought anything I was talking about to anybody, I was going to yell out, Drops a weaver. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
so I didn't want to talk about it at all. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, I know. So for those of you who haven't read Times Convert, uh, uh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I, oh, I, I, I should have. I did say it was spoiler, but I should have said stop listening now. <laughs> it's late. okay. It's okay. We do warn people ahead of time. We do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So stick with us after this break. We're going to talk about last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. Yay. Yay. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us. Send us your thoughts. Email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836. By the way, your carrier rates apply here. Or leave one for free on SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there you can also become a discusser there fill out the form and bam you're a discusser and the link to join our facebook group is there too visit our main site demonsdomain.com and if you really feel like deep diving go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post and you can read interviews geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe read about the characters keep that geek flag flying guys do you like what we do help us fund what we do go to patreon.com slant demons discuss make sure you follow us on social media we are on twitter facebook and instagram all at demons discuss if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive, and we need her around, okay? Keep it Okay, my last thought, it kind of ties into last week or last episode, and the next episode we'll be recording soon is, I think that when we were talking about multiverse theory, mm-hmm. part of the thing, too, is I think the different colors and different color combinations of the threads of time represent different universes. Expand. Expand. For example, last episode, we talked about Diana following the red and white strands that it took her back to her childhood yes. with Stephen and Cora. Right. Uh, she followed that to a specific universe. But then we've got time in the corners all throughout Shadow of Night, and it's that tumble of amber and blue, which it seems to represent the time stream slash universe that they left that represents the universe they were in during a discovery of witches that's continuing on in their absence. Mm-hmm. When Sarah was using Luis's room and when time showed up in the corners of the hay barn and then it'll show up again next week or I should say next episode and and then when you, they go back they try to go back to the future I hate to say that because mm-hmm. like, thinking of Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. there are no, no people they don't use a DeLorean <laughs> when she's trying to find her way all the different colors and combinations and strands and her trying to find her way back in this jumble of color threads, which to me is probably the most simplistic and brilliant way to represent multiverse theory as all these different universes that she can pull through. And the fact that it's the tree root is the one that she realizes will take her to where she needs to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's how Deb dropped that clue that she's more or less using multiverse theory as opposed right. to any other time travel theory. Yeah. I've never heard her say anything other than multiverse. No. Ever. Although yeah. a, a lot of people right now, they're, they're all like caught up with 
well, it can't be multiverse because she has this kind of paradox and that kind of paradox. It's like, I mean, one, unless... it's multiverse combined with magic. Yeah. And B, they just keep it. It's a matter of being on a different timeline. Unless they're just directly disputing what's the words that have come out of her mouth. I mean, she was in that video. Remember C had that video? It's on YouTube still probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Long time ago where she talks about how it's multiverse and picture it as uh, a stream with various rivers coming off of it or mm-hmm. a tree oh, branch yeah. with yeah. all the branches off of it. I mean, she's never yeah. said anything, never wavered ever. No, yeah. no. Although I've noticed there's some, tan- not tangents, but contingents within the fandom who, who basically have insisted that, well, she may say she's doing multiverse, but she doesn't know what she's doing because it's not that. <laughs> okay. So listen here. <laughs> this Which, is, makes this me, my, my thing. Eye- eyebrows it's, shoot through the ceiling, but I that's feel okay. like you people are taking this fiction universe and tying it to this theory too directly. The whole thing is based on multiverse, but it's got, it's like multiverse and magic. That's the bones of it. That's where you right. start. Yeah. And then artistic license is taken from yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with it. It's just what I don't agree with is people, people knowing more than knowing the author's mind better than the author does. Hey, I have a theory in life. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? I choose happiness. <laughs> I choose I'd happiness. Like, it'd be like disputing how magic works. I mean, yeah, I know. that's not I how know. magic works. <laughs> magic works. Do you want it to happen? It happens. Poof. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I prefer being happy. Being right know. is never my priority. Sometimes being right saves lives. However... <laughs> When we're talking about fiction, there's never lives on the line. And part of being happy is just being happy and appreciative that someone spent a whole lot of time and a whole lot of imagination coming up with something that is so compelling and entertaining. Relax, people. Relax. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) Angela, you have last thoughts. No, I don't. Oh, no. no. (laughs) What? (sighs) What? Well, get your emoji answers ready. Because we're doing that. This oh, episode. yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's time to <laughs> well, I spew on my last thoughts. Yeah. So uh, my last thoughts are, we don't know where All Souls Con is yet. We just know it's in the Northeastern United States. And it means I might get to buy a new coat. And you might get to buy a new <laughs> coat. Which is the most important thing. <laughs> Personally, I haven't bought one in years, so I, oh, I, need I know. an excuse. I need an excuse to have a new coat. And you know what? I need a new... I have a sweater coat. And I just bought Ooh. because, and it made me think of us because we were talking about the crochet vests and my yeah. mom made me a duster and everything like that. So I was like, this sweater coat. Oh, look at that. And then I was like, I need a new purse. I'm going to buy a new purse. Yay. Look at that. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. I ordered more um, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab because they had a limited and edition Mary, Se- Mary Shelley oh. scent. And it's wonderful. Okay, oh, I'll yeah. put a link to the Black Phoenix Alchemy Lamp. That place is like crack. Yes, that's why I'm kind of scared there. Because all you have to do is mention Joe Malone and Val's on the website. Well, <laughs> I was going to say... Um, oh, gosh, somebody had just mentioned on our Facebook page that we, we created another Joe Malone monster. And I can't remember who, who was that said that today. Oh, maybe Terry. Uh, Terry, that's who it was. Terry. Yeah, I Terry think it was Terry. S. 
<laughs> Sorry, Terry. <laughs> so there was that. Yeah, we discussed that on our after show, guys. If you're interested again in listening to the after show, become a patron. It's two bucks a month, and that's patreon.com slash demons discuss. So there's that part. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to reiterate anytime you guys have a thought and you want to talk to us, demons discuss at gmail.com. Email us there. Also, you can hit us up on SpeakPipe. And I know I said all of these things on the break, but I feel like if I say a couple things over and over again, maybe people will get it. Okay, so speakpipe.com slant demons discuss. Also, thank you all. Thank you for listening to us during this dead period, supposedly in the fandom. The, the hibernation. <laughs> yes. I know you guys are hibernating. I know, you know, you're waiting to hear more about the TV show. A lot of our new listeners came because of the TV show and we love having you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping you're exploring the books with us because that's fun. And guess what? Book of Life is just around the corner. Honestly, the three of us have not spent a lot of time on that book like we did the first two. No. No. This will be an adventure for all of us. All of us. We will all be taking this journey together. I think I read Book of Life. This is my third time going through it. And maybe fourth for me. Maybe fourth for you. Yeah. Only because Um, I was was reading it as with the arc. Right. I wasn't in the group. (laughs) I read it. Well, yeah, you read it. No, for Book of Life. We we had the arc together. Yeah, we had the arc together. I read it that time and then i didn't really read it the second time when the actual book came out so maybe when i'm reading through the book i kind of read it but i did like searches how yeah. many fucks are in this book <laughs> they cut well, out three <laughs> well we read it i read it with the arc and then i i think i did we did like piecemeal for our pinterest page yeah i'd go to sections but Which reading what, it all the way not through what I called reading no it, no Right now, I listen to it while I sleep. Well, <laughs> as a sleeping aid. So, I don't know if that's much better. So I'll hear like half a chapter and then next thing I know, I'll wake up like five chapters up. <laughs> then I'll Oops. back up to where I was. And it's just so I when I listen to it while I'm relaxing, things come to me like that thing I with uh, Gallo Glass and and Lion and Malione. Mm-hmm. It just hit me like, <gasps> Diana's the lion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah I, I take it a lot that way. So, yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us and listening and all the good reviews. Keep them coming. And that's it. And to that, I'm going to take it back to Angela. Okay. My last thought is not any better than it was five minutes ago, but it'll segue into our drawing because my last thought is I hope someone comes forward uh, when we announce the winner because we did have one person win uh-huh. the emoji contest and they still have never come forward to claim their prize. Oh, no. No, yeah, that's kind of bad, especially. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so do you need me to go on to... Random. Random? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's 22 people. Here we are. Random.org. Okay. Minimum one, max 22. Okay. Drum roll. Generating the number. And the result is... Who is number 21? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, 21. Who are you? 21 is... Do we all know who Knitting Lady NC is? That's... It's Lauren. Oh, is that Lauren? Yeah. It's Lauren of the Lovely Voice. Lauren! Yay! Lauren of the Lovely Voice. Hello. You're welcome. You won. You better come forward. If not, if you're listening and you know Lauren... (laughs) 
And you know, Lauren, you better poke her and said she won. And what she won was a little packet from Belia Sim that she had given us. And I know it's got stickers. It's got cards. It's got all kinds of things. Oh, fun. And you know, I'm going to throw extra shit in there. So yay. Congratulations, Lauren. Congratulations. Do you want to do one more? One more drawing? You know, or one, one more, more contest. One more contest. Oh, sure. Choose an emoji, Angela. All right. Hang on. Jean chose the last one. Yeah. Um, how about the mind blown? Poof. <laughs> the mind blown. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, guys. So the mind blown emoji. Uh, I think you've all pretty much seen it. It's the little yellow guy and his head. It looks like his scalp is coming right off his head and a bunch of smoke's happening. Like a mushroom cloud's coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. oh, there you there go. go. So tweet that to our, can we take Facebook entries or can we take, oh, let's just leave it on Twitter. Yeah. Tweet that to at demons discuss all one word. All we need is the emoji. If you want to put extra words in there, that's fine. Whatever. But if you just tweet the emoji, we know what it's for. So yep. it's the mind blown emoji. We're going to do this again and we'll draw, I don't know, maybe the Christmas episode. Sounds like a plan. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. And with that, I think we're done. Oh Yay. my God. We're done. <laughs> Yay. All right. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Demon kiss. Mwah. We'll talk to you next time.